views and opinions expressed by Edwin are Edwin and Edwin's only, all right? Not of the sponsors, employers, baby mama, anybody he went to school with, anybody he owe money to. With that being said, enjoy the video. Oh, hello there. What's going on, everyone? Edwin Payne here. Thanks for joining me on the Word on the Road podcast, your weekly technology care package, man. I am your host, Edwin Pagan. If you're new to the podcast, this is a podcast I do every Wednesday where I take three articles from the internet, usually technology-related, uh, science and technology. I give you my analysis on them, right? I, I break them down for you, analyze them, tell you what actually is going on, and then I send you on your way uh, more informed and more aware of what's going on on the interwebs, man. I am like the uh, I'm like the ghetto Wall Street Journal of technology. That's a terrible analogy. I don't know where I got that from, but I did subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. I, I have like I I think of making I'm making a concerted effort to uh, just like I'm realizing that free media and paid media is 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 two completely different brands. It's like when you discover like like Starbucks coffee or like an independent coffee shop versus like the 7-Eleven coffee you've been getting. It's like yeah, it's all coffee at the end of the day, but it's like something about the quality of the product. So like I've been listening to like the wall street journal and reading that and i'm like looking at more like paid publications i'm like i'm starting to understand why people spend the type of money they spend on news because it's like i think the wall street journal is like 27 dollars a month or something like that to subscribe to i gotta hook up on it but um I think that's why I'm bragging about listening to the Wall Street Journal, reading the Wall Street Journal. But no, there's there's something about like really curated news that's like really like that's easy and digestible. It's not so opinionated and not filled with a bunch of ads. Uh, and I feel like I've been learning more through the Wall Street Journal. I think like someone told me one time, I don't know where I heard this from. Someone said that like if you just read the New York Times for four years straight, it would be the equivalent of like a of a college education, which is like. I don't know how accurate that is because I've never solved an algebra problem on a on a, on a newspaper article, but I kind of understand the reference of it in the sense of like like information in the sense of like because uh, like one of the things someone's uh, so one of the things I've always noticed about like really high performing people or uh, successful quote unquote is that they always always read the news they always watch the news like i knew people who would like they would have it in the background where it was like the news was running there or they had like the the, the bloomberg on another screen and it, it i think it's one of those things where it's like wanting to be informed and wanting to be aware of what's going on around you makes it so like you're more like uh how would you say it like um you're aware of your surroundings and you actually understand how things work and so like when you read like for me like when i started reading the wall street journal and other publications it's when you really started seeing how like this whole situation of a, what we call an economy or the u.s how it really works like in how like one thing can un impact so many other things and how it impacts everything in general and i think like now that like especially like with corona and like all the time that we have to see or kind of like the, the the repercussions you're seeing from like businesses shutting down and how it, like it trickles down it's weird how like it's like we never really noticed how this whole machine works we kind of just been like a part of it and so it's a uh, I'm over here ranting about reading the Wall Street Journal. It's also a great way to sound all fancy in front of people. It's like, yes, did you read, did you read the journal this morning? You know, um, <laughs> and look, I just literally got an alert for the Wall Street Journal on my phone. Um, but with that being said, man, yeah, I've been I've been uh, uh, outside of all that rambling I've been doing. I've been doing good, man. I'm, I'm getting ready for an exciting uh, uh, week, man. I uh, on Friday, I uh, me and the misses are going to make it official. We're getting married at the court, or we're just signing papers. But it's going to be officially when we're married. Um, we're having a wedding, whatever. But this is something 
something we wanted to do. And so I'm getting ready to do that and everything that comes with that. So I'm going to be a married man by Friday. And then, um, Outside of that, man, I've been doing some work for uh, for the schools uh, in the local area, and uh, it's very interesting to see how the classrooms are changing, bro. And I'm in Florida, so they're trying to they're they're making it mandatory that schools open up in August, which you know I could give you my opinion on that, but we're not gonna get into the politics of that. Um, but uh, um, um, it's crazy how education has changed, bro. The, the the classroom is smart, bro. The classroom has changed, bro. Like the teacher has three computers in there. She like like I'm doing some work where we're like we're mod like we were remodeling and we're um we're implementing new technology uh, on these new schools. And so like they got like smart boards that are pretty much Microsoft Surface computers where like the teachers project stuff to the screen. It's touchscreen. And then she has another computer and then all the students have laptops. And it's like the school has public Wi-Fi for the students. I'm like, bro, this is like a college campus. Like there's literally, I don't see any difference between how this classroom looks and how a college classroom looks. And it's like, man, my son, like this is public schools too. Like my son's gonna have like, it, like I feel like my son's not gonna know a world where touchscreens don't exist. Whereas like for us as kids, it was like it was weird if you saw a touchscreen. Like all we had was projectors, and so it's pretty gnarly to see how the schools have changed and how like uh, um, like kids are. Or I think kids are being. I think education now is focused more on getting kids ready for the market of jobs that like, I think technology is going to be a part of every job you do. You're going to interface with a computer, regardless if you're flipping burgers or you're, you're, uh, you're an, a, a, a doctor or if whatever, you're going to learn how to use a computer. I think everyone's going to learn how to code just kind of based on the curriculum that they're teaching and how like everything is being configured for kids. But all right, cool, man. Let's get right into the stories, guys, because uh, I want to get this out, and I don't want to make this episode too long. So that being said, guys, the articles we are about to discuss are available in the description below. All right, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're listening on podcasts or whatever, it's in the uh, description on there. So with that being said, guys, first article of the day is coming from the fine folks at CBC. .ca. It's a Canadian website. But long story short, TikTok to leave Hong Kong as laws raise concerns, bro. So this has actually been trending a lot, and a lot of people have been seeing this, but um, the story pretty much has gone down to the fact that TikTok um, is is leaving um, Hong Kong. They're, they're seizing operations in Hong Kong, and uh, a lot of this has to deal with the fact that a recent law that's been implemented uh, over there in Hong Kong, I think it's called Article 42, um, and Art of, Article 42 basically is, is kind of giving the government access or requiring uh, certain... Uh, certain agencies that uh, to provide information to the the Hong Kong government, right? In particular, social media applications. Um, so it's very similar how in the U.S. we uh, law enforcement has the ability to subpoena Facebook, whatever, for your data based on you know um, if there's a a warrant for it, um, if there's a reason why they need your data because they suspect terrorism, child pornography, etc. Uh, law enforcement has the ability to do that in the U.S. So, but in Hong Kong, it's a little more different because the government is using it to control um, state media and also uh, prosecute people for putting anti-government messages online right so imagine if you were in Hong Kong or in the US and if you decided to put Black Lives Matter on your website the Hong Kong government can actually come in and seize your website throw you in jail um, if you're putting anti-government message on Facebook and Snapchat where you're saying you know Black Lives Matter or you're saying screw Hong Kong, whatever, if you're doing that on your social media accounts, the government wants to have the ability to access that information 
um, um, on those accounts and then use it to prosecute you, right? And so a lot of these tech companies are like, we can't get on board with this, right? Um, some of those companies include, I'm sorry, uh, some of those companies include, uh, I think it was Facebook, WhatsApp, Zoom, um, Skype, I think is another one that said, uh, we're not gonna uh, co-sign this because it's, it's a legitimate issue in, in the sense of, you know, these users subscribe to these websites or these platforms for the ability to communicate and express themselves. They don't wanna have to worry about um, getting arrested. And so um, if you look um, closely, I think where was it? They had actually done an arrest in Hong Kong where they arrested 370 people um, who could face, you know, years in prison, fines, etc., um, simply for just putting certain slogans or keys on their on their social media accounts. And some um, and so um, these, I think Facebook has seized, like, uh, said that they're not going to cooperate with them or they're not going to they're going to stop providing data. Um, but um, what? Uh, now TikTok is actually like the first one who's saying, you know what? We're removing all operations from Hong Kong in general because it's just not something we want to get on board with. And so, you know, that's a that's that kind of speaks to I think uh, for to TikTok in a sense of like kind of like the standards and practices that they have because I think TikTok has been getting a lot of slack, bro, a lot of slack for privacy concerns a lot of slack because people think that it's an app that's being used to spy uh, spy on them with um, or it's a huge data collection app and so for them to kind of take that initiative and say hey you know what we're, we're not gonna we're, we don't even want to get into this market anymore because we don't want to be the reason why people are being thrown in jail for simply just expressing themselves through our platform um, and companies like Facebook and, and Google um, in particular because those are the big players they're they're gonna have to kind of make those tough decisions as well because you got to understand that just because they're a U.S.-based company doesn't mean that their U.S.-based laws apply in those countries when people are using those applications. They still have to comply with those regulatory compliances within those regions, and Facebook has been fined for those things. And so for them, it's a tough decision because it's like, all right, do we comply with these or do we take the hit? Do we comply with these rules or do we uh, just say, you know what, pull our market out of there and lose the income that you could have possibly there, right? And so these companies are on the business of making money. And so if they kind of remove themselves from those markets then it's going to create that you know lack of income but um i think it's 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 a it's a rock and a hard spot for these places but i think it's it's really good that tiktok is taking a stand and saying you know what we're just going to stop doing business there altogether. so shout out to tiktok on that one uh, make sure to check out that article that is at the cbc.ca.com but you're probably hearing about this um all over the place man but next story um which i thought was really freaking gnarly this story is awesome this story is coming from uh fine folks at ars technica which is uh the fbi nigerian business scammer who allegedly caused victims millions man I had been reading about this guy, and I got—I gotta tell you, man, this guy really is a high-level scam artist and the amount of money that this guy scammed people out of is crazy because we're talking like he's a Nigerian scammer by the name of uh, his name is Ray Hush Puppy um, and like first of all I want y'all to check out homeboys uh, Instagram account real quick because uh, he is really living the best his best life all right man mind you he's he just got arrested by the FBI um, but this is his Instagram um, and he had 2.5 million followers he had this you know crazy lifestyle I mean you're talking you're right now you're literally looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, automobiles and clothing etc and um pretty much this guy was you know uh, calling himself a real estate agent and investor etc um, and the FBI finally started digging into this guy's life and this man 
is a legit a legit scammer man so let me let me show you at least one of the scams that he had because like um it also the like just a, just a side note the, the subpoena for this or the uh, affidavit for the fbi is available on the irish technica website and if you read the, the the entire affidavit it really details how crazy this guy is but let's just say this is how crazy his scams were right he managed to get a paralegal to send him nine hundred thousand uh, uh, dollars to a bank account in new from um, from new york so this is a nigerian scammer who convinced a paralegal in new york city to send him nine hundred thousand dollars man and the way he would do this right is he would basically um he he, he was basically uh, what we like to call social engineering um, uh, in the security what we call social engineering it's basically when you trick people into thinking you're someone you're not right and so what he would do is for example is he would message you right pretending to be one of your clients um, and you would see the email and the email header would look like it's coming from your client and so there's that trust and he'd be like you know he'd finesse you into saying hey we need to change the payment details for that payment you were going to send me um, and so imagine Imagine if you told your if you told someone, hey, don't send it to this Cash App account, send it to this Cash App account, and then the person would send it, and it would be like nine hundred thousand dollars. And then by the time the companies realized, hey, what the hell is going on here? The money was gone. It had been you know deposited into different accounts, and like this guy was just running this same scam, um, like on different companies. I mean, like we're we're talking about things like fourteen point seven million dollars, um, nine hundred thousand dollars. Like you're talking like high level, high high level scamming. Because I, I I think that the total loss that this guy was able to scam was in the, like in the hundreds of millions of dollars, and it all was based on, um the ability to basically con to convince businesses that he was a different person that he was part of a bigger organization he did this by just hacking into email accounts hacking into websites creating fake websites that look like legitimate business websites to get people to do deals with him um, it's like this is beyond like those scams where you see on Facebook or on 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 Instagram where it's like you know send me a hundred I'll send you a thousand this guy was really out here like getting lots of lots of money from scams and so he got hit with a couple of charges uh to name a few but i know mainly it's wire fraud and money laundering because one of the big things that you have to realize when you when you when you do scamming is that you still got to launder this money you still got to put it in accounts and deposit it and clean it etc and so a huge part of his operation because he had multiple people in this operation were flying to different places to re to retrieve that money um we're trying to you know open up accounts in different places under different names to get that money in there and then pull it out um because it's a huge operation and so to see that he did it in the hundreds of millions is, is a crazy story but it kind of speaks to the fact that like listen you're always going to get caught like you're going to get caught it's only a matter of time like as someone like who uh, i worked for an accounting firm numbers don't lie and people audit and when they start auditing they're like hey something's wrong here and that's pretty much what happened with this guy on top of the fact that his presence on social media was nuts like if you if you like look at his account like and it's also like in the criminal complaint by the fbi it does show his instagram pictures but if you look at his accounts like he was putting off this crazy lifestyle and like when when like when you get the fbi's attention they start asking questions they start asking like hey what does this guy do for a living where are his taxes did he pay taxes on this this etc 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 eventually he drove too much attention to himself he flew too close to the sun and uh and and that's kind of what you're seeing here so 
I think that like, listen, um, I, there's more and more people out there just like what this guy is doing, you know? And I, I always tell people that like you, like one thing I've learned of like in, in my 10 years of being in my twenties, uh, one of the things I learned is that people lie and that like scam artists come in different shapes and forms there's scam artists who graduated from ivy league schools who are running scams out here and so what i always tell people is that like always when you're doing business with anybody or anything take your feelings aside take your emotions aside pull all that aside and look at the the actual business itself that you're doing with or the person and ask yourself does it make sense does the money does can you follow the money does it make sense on how he's going to be able to make the returns does he have realistic you know projections of what you'll get back are the risks there compared to something else Did, like don't be afraid to ask questions a lot of people get caught up in in my what in my opinion is the finesse of the 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 the, the product or um the the what, what would you say like the, the like the the prospect of making a bunch of money like that's how people get skinned they think oh man this is this is too, this is too good to be true if it's too good to be true it usually is you have to uh, it has to make sense on how people make money and so when you look at this guy you're just like wait how do you make money bro you said you're a real estate agent but there's not properties here you say you're an investor but nobody on wall street knows who you are there's something going on and that's how he drew him drew attention to himself but it's also how you know like i think people forget that sometimes because like you can rent a car that looks expensive you can rent expensive clothes it's not that expensive to make yourself look rich uh just for the idea to to confuse just for the sole purpose of trying to confuse people uh, or make them think that you know you know you're a legitimate person so um he won't be the first and he won't be the this this won't be the last time this uh this happens so um that was a really interesting article, but uh, that being said, guys, uh, last article of the day is coming from the fine folks at, uh, this was actually from uh, Samsung.com, which I thought this was pretty interesting, um, but uh, I don't know. I thought this was interesting to say at least, but Samsung releases a, uh, a cell phone case that will sterilize all your, uh, all your tech products, man. This is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie to you. So pretty much, this is basically a case that you put your phone in, uh, your sunglasses, uh, AirPods, or whatever and um, it uses UV lights to kill all the bacteria on your device man so like you pretty much you put it into this case right here and then as soon as you put it into the case the the phone automatically turns off and it also charges your battery and then it removes 99.9% of all the bacteria on your phone man I thought this is available now apparently by Samsung and I thought this was pretty freaking cool and the reason I say that is first of all we got coronavirus out here right and we got to make sure we don't die from coronavirus um, and so this all jokes aside I, I I often think about how dirty my phone is because my phone I take it everywhere with me when I'm in the bathroom when I'm in the gym when I'm like you name it if I'm, I'm using the toilet I'm touching the phone I'm washing my hands touching that phone again that phone has been in filthy places and I neglect to clean it and I think this is one of those products that like you didn't realize you need it until you needed it and it's kind of like that peace of mind but also the fact that you can throw like your sunglasses in there you can throw your um you can throw your airpods in there or whatever and it charges them using because it has wireless charging and it turns it off and it like like what's dope is that it, it apparently it cleans the um with the uv light it disinfects the, the like internal components as well and so it's like all right so I, I can get on board with this idea of like my phone's actually clean because i often think about how filthy my phone is and i know you guys are thinking about the same thing like about all the places your phone has been but um 
I thought this was pretty cool technology. It's like one of the few things that like has come out of Corona technology wise. And I'm like, all right, I can get on board with getting this. You know what I'm saying? It makes perfect sense um, because I am a dirty dog with my phone. Uh, all right, cool, man. With that being said, guys, these are the articles for today's episode, man. Of course, as always, they are available in the description below if you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening on a major podcast platform, um, it's available there. Anyways, with that being said, guys, my name is Edwin Pagan, man. I appreciate y'all listening to the podcast. Make sure to tune in on next Wednesday we'll do this again but until next time guys i'll be a married man next time you see me until next time take care everyone peace guys what are you doing watching my dad's channel you're watching your dad's youtube channel